there is an overwhelming amount of children in the foster care system. But just, just imagine this. Every person or family does just a little bit to help a child. What a huge impact that could be in our community. Anna Bearden, Executive Director of Chosen for Life Ministries. They specialize in foster care and adoption support. Welcome, Anna. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Anna, we can't solve the problem, but we can start with just one child. Absolutely. We can start with we can start with just doing one thing, right? We can start with taking one step forward in what it would look like to um, to take a step toward solving the problem, right? Well, tell us a little bit about Chosen for Life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we started in 2010 and actually started as a group of families who had adopted and um, they had adopted internationally. They came back home and kind of looked around and said, "Oh." well, kind of what do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, just recognizing a need for support for, for their families, um, for their children. Uh, so kind of banded together um, to start to kind of bring that support. Um, yeah, just to bring that support to themselves. Because right? there was no support. Yeah, because it wasn't, because they kind of looked around and said, oh, there's not really a whole lot of support. There's n- not a lot of other families that look like ours. There aren't necessarily children that look like ours. And so just navigating what it would look like um, to be a healthy, um, a healthy family as they, as they grew. Um, so it started in 2010. Um, and, and then their original dream, the thing that they kind of like put their minds around was what if we helped a hundred other families adopt? What if we started um, just by providing financial support to other families who are um, who are looking to adopt, and what could that look like? So that was the original dream back in 2010. Started in, in 2012, had our first conference, so had an adoption conference at um, in Athens, um, just a conference of what does the process look like? Um, kind of what are some things that you might encounter along the adoption journey? Um, starting those conversations. And then in 2014, started a conversation with um, the local department of um, family and children's services um, to ask, like, how can we get connected? How can we bridge the gap between children who are in foster care and the number of foster families that are available um, available to those children? Um, so that was kind of those three things are kind of the biggest things that we still do, right? Adoption support, foster care support, and education opportunities. Um, And this is, and you are here today, Chosen for Life Ministries, because a handful of families had the courage to dream and dream big. Because I mean, right? Sometimes we dream, but we dream in ways that we know we can accomplish. Mm. But this is a God-sized dream. Absolutely. It was a, like, how big, like, what could we do? What could it look like? What could our family, what could our community look like? Um, And they did. They dreamed big and they started kind of running after it. Because the need is huge. Absolutely. Um, statistics are gigantic, right? But what we know, um, within the state of Georgia, there are, um, there are over 14,000 children who are in the foster care system. Wow. Um, and so that's a really big number. That is huge. Right. Um, the numbers kind of get smaller as you get down from, to regions and to counties, but still bigger numbers than one, mm. right? Across mm. the board, it's bigger numbers than one. But it's, it, you know, there's a saying my mom you, I will, still says to this day that how do you eat an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. Absolutely. Um, and so you have a family that you've brought in today um, mm. who is taking that challenge and eating that elephant. I mean, you shouldn't eat elephants. Okay, let me just go ahead and establish that. Right. <laughs> it's a metaphor, guys. Right. But they're taking this problem and taking it in one bite at a time. 
Yeah, they're taking it one bite at a time. And also they are, they're looking at what can their family do, right? Like what can, um, what age can we foster? What works well for our family? How can we support other families who are doing this? So they're kind of just looking at the big picture and what can they as a family, like what can they do? Introduce your friends then to us. Yeah, this is um, Lindsay and Aaron Cavan. They are a local foster family. They started fostering back in 2013 and have had over 20 foster children come into their home since then. And you know what I'm excited about is that they have a baby that I, I got to hold for like, what, five minutes, guys, I think she let me hold her. <laughs> All right, Aaron, Lindsay, thanks for being with us. Tell us a little bit about your story. So me and Lindsay, we met in 2008. We got married in 2012. You know, we, we want to have kids, but it was really more kind of her dream to foster, maybe adopt, kind of go that route. And I was kind of like, okay, fine with me. Mm -hmm. And so we started pretty quickly after we got married, 2013. Well, and I know this is, you know, radio. It's, it's, you don't, I mean, you can hear her. Hi there, honey. Hi. You can hear them, but y'all got, you got three small little kids. Yes. We had our third when our oldest was three. So we had three, almost four and under. So um, so we, we started fostering before we had biological children, um, and our first placement was a 16-year-old girl, and it, was, she wasn't, it wasn't technically a foster placement. We were still in the process, so we were a safety resource for her. Mm-hmm. That was kind of our first experience. 16-year-old. Uh, you kind of focus in on teenagers, don't you? Yes. Mm-hmm. And why, why is that? It's the biggest need. It is a big need, and it's also kind of where we feel called to. Um, I don't know if this is kind to say or, or not, but at this point in life, I already feel like I'm wiping enough bottoms and <laughs> catching enough spit up and throw up. So. I mean, they're cute, though. Yeah, so. they are cute. So I like people that can <laughs> do those kinds of things on their own. And also, there is a big need, and um, we kind of feel like Aaron teaches high school, and I worked at the middle school at the time when we first started, and we just kind of feel like that's an area that we're called to. Hmm. And it also works really great with our family situation right now, having older kids, and then having little, little kids is a lot, it's just kind of easier for us at this stage in life too. Can I just say this, and, and maybe this is the people's idea, is that those who, families who foster or adopt, those are like the super Christians, the <laughs> ones that have it all together. No. <laughs> Actually, you should come be a fly on our wall. Um, I can tell you, though, that fostering has been, here's the baby, fostering has been, I would say up to this point in our marriage, the hardest thing that we've ever done. Um, it's been the most refining, um, but the most one of the most beautiful things at the same time. It stretched us in ways that we did not know we could be stretched and grown us in ways that we didn't know that we needed to grow in. Mm. Um, and it's it's done nothing but make us better and make our kids better for it as well, our biological children. And then we've also seen a lot of growth in the kids that have been in our home as well. So it's a really special, it's been a really special thing, um, but I can't lie and say that it's always been easy, but it's, but it's also been awesome. Mm-hmm. How has Chosen for Life made foster care a lighter load for you and your family? One of the things that I probably get most encouragement from is whenever we, uh, we go to the Chosen for Life conferences or whenever we uh, interact with the families and the people who are involved, I'm always encouraged because we're coming at foster care from a Christ-centered approach, instead of just trying to meet a need or fix a problem, we're looking at how, what has Jesus called us to? And so whenever you can serve kids and families because you want to honor the King, 
it makes a huge difference as opposed to just trying to fix a problem. And Chosen for Life is kind of breathe. Every time we interact with them, it breathes new life into us as far as um, just encouragement, motivation, and reminding us like why we're really doing it. And it's to point people to Christ. It's also just when you're fostering, sometimes you can feel like a lone ranger. And it's really brought like a sense of community to the people that are fostering. Like it's really just kind of brought us together and breathed new life. Every time I leave anything that has to do with Chosen, I'm always encouraged and ready, ready to keep going. And because sometimes you'll come and you'll just be depleted and tired. I mean, just like when you're parenting, it doesn't, right. you know, it's, or just <laughs> yes. life. Lindsay, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just fostering, but sometimes when you're fostering, um, people don't understand unless they unless they do it. So getting to interact with other people that do it and be encouraged and it's just really breathed new life into not only our family but our marriage and our kids and it's just been a really special thing. I think sometimes people feel like, or I personally, I'm talking for myself, is that okay? I can help, but it's so little. Is it really going to make a difference in the in the life of a foster family? Yep, it absolutely will. I mean, I I kind of look at things from a from a if I can do one thing, that's better than doing nothing. You know, so many times, like even when you look at Jesus and the talents, or you look at the parable of the mustard seed, sometimes it produces 30, 60, 100. It doesn't matter. Just being able to produce, move forward, take a step, take an action step in faith. And then even if I can just do one small thing that would support a foster child, a foster family, then that one, that one act that you take, even if it feels very minimal, like the Lord takes that step and he just starts to multiply it and he grows it into more. You know, how many kids have been through your doors? How many foster kids have you had? Over over 20. I mean, if you count the kids that stayed just for a night or the kids that have stayed for uh, months to years at a time, you, it'd be about between 20 and 30. All right. So as a foster family, you've been on the receiving end of a care team. And currently, you all are serving as a care team because you don't um, have a foster child in your home. You're in between placements. What has the experience been like for you to be on the other end? And that's being giving. I would say... As a foster parent, when somebody serves you, it means so much. Somebody bringing you a meal, you know, somebody helping you with your kids or helping transport a child or even just bringing you some clothes or, or something like that. It's just really sweet to be on the receiving end. So to to know what that feels like to, and to be able to be a part of that and do that for somebody else is really special. You know, as a foster family, whenever we have kids, if someone said, hey, let me take your your group of foster children out to dinner and you guys maybe have some time. Or, to um, complete a sentence. Yeah, to complete <laughs> a sentence, to uh, just have some downtime, maybe even go on a date for yourself. Like it just, it's refreshing. It's kind of that, that rest period that, you, that we all need at different points in our lives. And so as a parent, when someone does that for you, if you, you recognize how much that means and how much uh, energy it kind of springs back, into your ability to care for the kids. And so now that we have the opportunity to maybe help other families, like it means a lot more because we know the value in it. Yeah, yeah. All right, before I uh, let you out of here, I mean, I want to hold your baby one more time, but you know, whatever. (laughs) If the Lord is leading someone to to, uh, foster a child, what should their first step be? First step is pray 100%, ask the Lord, because it's easy to see a need and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But unless, I mean, if you're truly trying to do it according to God's plan, you really have to seek the Holy Spirit to give you a heart of compassion. And as you jump in there, to be ready to surrender every moment to Him because there's going to be some hard moments. And if you're trying to do it in your own strength, it's, uh, it's not going 
it's not going to go very well. It's going to be really hard. Um, so I guess just following up on your question, the first thing to pray and ask the Lord, say, hey, okay, God, I'm going to go for it. I really need your help. Yeah, and I would say that if, if that's something that you want to do, you can also contact Chosen, and they will help put you in touch with a local agency. You can, you know, there's so many different, there's private agencies, and you can contact DFACS. That's a starter. And you can go to an orientation class and really learn if that's something um, that, that God's calling you to. Um, I will say that it has been something that we have not regretted. And Anna, um, make you come on back over here by the microphone because she was she's been holding the baby. And Anna, I feel like you're a baby hog. Let me just go ahead and just state that right now. I'm very sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Right. <laughs> you know, Aaron and Lindsay, they're just one of many families you get to work with mm-hmm. and see God use them and their families um, for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's actually one of the, my favorite parts of the job, right? It's getting to be kind of in relationship with different families and throughout our community, finding ways that we can support, encourage, pray for, connect them to one another and mm-hmm. to other resources. Um, it, it's the coolest thing to see, to see families as they are um, and as they are caring for, for children. Anna, do you find that Christians desire to help, but they just don't know how? Yeah, I think so. I think that... Um, I think that we, as, as Christians, we often know um, there's something that we can do, right? Like there's something that we're called to do. There's something that we've been asked to do. And I, I think that as the church too, right? The church kind of has this thought of like, we can do something. Um, and sometimes it's just not knowing, it's not knowing what the need is, right? Like it's not knowing that sometimes the needs are really small. Sometimes the need is that the local um, Department of Family and Children's Services office just needs some encouragement, right? Like not knowing what that need is means that we can never meet that need, right? But if we can bridge that gap, if we can, if we can help bring some awareness to to, to the needs, then then we can kind of dive into what that looks like. So because you you said earlier, not not to cut you off, but mm-hmm. you said before we talked to Aaron and Lindsay um, earlier in the interview, there's fourteen thousand children in foster care system in our state, mm-hmm. and when you hear that, I mean, it's just overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we kind of always try to reframe the, the question of, of what, what one thing can we right. do, right? So taking that number, taking the bigger numbers, because sometimes those statistics change, right? They, they look different year over year. And so like, but what does one look like? So what, what one thing can you do? What, what one child could you help? What one family could you serve? What one adoptive family can you, can you support as they're kind of going along their journey, right? What one thing um, can you do? Can you step into the need? Hmm. What are all the different ways Chosen for Life makes the need into a manageable portion? Yeah, so so really through our three programs, through our foster care support program, um, we we engage churches and kind of find out where a church's passion lies, right? Find out how we can connect them to the local need. So maybe it is bringing breakfast to um, to local social workers and in, in their monthly meeting. Maybe it is connecting them to um, our My Name Matters program. So um, building a care package for a child who's coming into care and helping support that program. Maybe it is helping, um, we have a closed closet, we have a closed closet at our office. So maybe it is helping um, just organize and, and arrange that little boutique so that when families come in, it's really easy to find what they need and, um, and to shop for those things. So maybe it's that. Maybe it is getting involved in adoption support and maybe it's just financially helping families adopt, right? Mm-hmm. Contributing to our adoption assistance grant. 
Um, maybe it's um, helping other adoptive families connect with one another um, and building kind of support for one another in that. We have education opportunities throughout the year. So we have a conference once a year and then we have workshops that go on. Um, and so maybe it's maybe there's an expertise that you have that might be valuable to bring to that conference and it might be valuable to um, to bring to those workshops. Okay, when you say that, mm-hmm. what does that look like? When you say you have yeah. some skill sets you can bring to a conference, who is that? So we really rely on, on people who... Um, anything that you can think of around healthy parenting, right? So healthy parenting, but also parenting kids from hard places. So foster and adoptive families, there's often um, trauma-informed care topics that are involved. So any any of those things. Right? Okay, like, so if you have a counseling degree or... Yeah, absolutely. Okay. A counseling degree, working with children with special needs, with okay. medical special needs, um, all of those questions. So physical therapy, maybe something. Yeah, Dietitian. absolutely. Absolutely. We have people that connect with us. Um, even like, so adoptive families, as they're going through the process of getting matched, they often find out a lot of information around the child that they are about to adopt. Right. Okay. So, and, and knowing like there are all of these needs that this child who's coming into my home has, and this is all new to us. So who can we ask these questions of? So even just connecting in that way, right? Like, lawyers. Yeah, right? absolutely. Connecting yeah. about how, who can help us? What, what do which you is, have? Which is interesting because you're listing off and, and you and I were talking about different skill sets, um, professional, mm-hmm. the who would have thought when you go, went after your degree that you could help with foster care. So just from like a strategy point of view, and maybe uh-huh. this is, you know, being deep in the weeds of what I do, I, I can make a connection for almost any skill set, almost any profession of how you can serve a family. Wow. Right. Like um, lawn care, house maintenance. I mean, all of these different things that really are just the things that we all like, we, we kind of all interact um, with all kinds of different professions on a daily basis, right? Um, and that is only amplified by new children that are coming into your household and, and kind of the new the new things that they might need, right? And so there's just a wealth of how you can connect how you, how your business, how your passions, how your how your skill sets could skill sets could connect with a different family. So God has uniquely gifted all of us mm, to absolutely. serve. Absolutely, yeah. And it's such a beautiful picture, right? Like it is such a beautiful picture when the body is working together, when the head is the head and the arms are the arms, and they're kind of and their legs are the legs, right? And they're all doing their different role, but they're working together to serve the community, to serve the body, right? It's a beautiful picture, and and it's really cool to be able to see. Chosen for Life proclaims the gospel and every single thing that y'all do. It's it's foundational to us, right? It's why we do what we do. It's because we believe that as believers, we have been adopted in Christ and that we are called to um, called to care for the vulnerable. And so finding a way to, to do that, to practice that, um, to walk that out daily. And what has been the response from DFACS, mm. from this ministry coming along saying, how can I help? Where are the needs? It, it has been really cool within our region to be able to meet that need, right? Like I think um, it, it started really unique, right? And maybe even as like a scary thing. Um, but it's been really cool to, to be able to more and more um, have an open conversation with DFACS and what those needs are and how and who we can connect to that, right? Because a lot of people, um, it isn't it isn't with agenda, right? It's just, we know about this need now and we can't say no, right? We know about this need. So how can we serve you guys? How can we, um, how can we take a step towards a solution? Yeah. Cause many people who are working w- 
within DFACs are stretched thin. I mean, their workload is overwhelming. Absolutely. The numbers, like you said, the numbers are big from the outside, from an outside perspective, but from like a caseload perspective, from the day-to-day work, it's a lot. Um, and so any kind of encouragement or way that we can help, um, help mitigate that, right? Like any way that we can come, come alongside that and support them in that, we, we'd love to be able to do. Help, help to make their load lighter as well. Right. Wow. Yeah. All right. So we've talked a lot about fostering, mm-hmm. um, but tell me a little bit about how the ministry also helps families with adoptions. So we have an adoption um, support program. Um, we have, so since we started um, providing adoption grants in 2012, we have given over $450,000 to families um, who are adopting. Wow, so, that's a big number. Yeah, Christian families in the state of Georgia can apply for our grant. Um, they're small grants. So the average adoption costs around $40,000. Right? Wow. And so um, we we love to be able to um, provide encouragement in that way, mm-hmm. um, to step in and um, say we're kind of alongside you in this and we can help help you meet that financial need. But but more than that, we're we're also kind of we're also taking a step back and finding ways to support adoptive families, because uh, because the need for support doesn't end when the adoption is finalized, right? Um, there's kind of a lifelong conversation that happens um, for that family, and so finding ways to connect families and to provide encouragement and support for them, providing um, providing just once a month opportunities to come together to talk to meet one another to meet with one another. Um, we're working towards that. And Anna, you have seen adoption and foster care within your f- own family firsthand. I have, yeah. My It's how I originally um, found out about Chosen for Life. My brother and sister-in-law um, started um, fostering. And actually, the first child who came into their home is now um, adopted and is um, um, is a part of our family. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been with our family for a while now. And um, so that's how I got connected. Because you became an aunt. Because I became an aunt, right? Yeah, <laughs> I became an aunt, and it was at a time when um, my brother and sister-in-law mm-hmm. had he, my brother and sister-in-law had a biological child, and um, and then my other nephew came into the family, and he is actually two weeks older than their um, than their firstborn, right? <laughs> um, and so it was like little twins, um, and so they were tiny and precious, and um, and you're a proud aunt, I can and tell. I am a great aunt. <laughs> Some might say <laughs> right? the best. I mean, you can say it. Might. I don't know what my sister would say, but I was going to say, say, I got a sister out there that might be a little offended by that statement. But you know, I've said it here into this microphone and so it's true. existence. That's right. right. That's right. (laughs) No. And it's so, it's so much fun. Mm. um, It's also, I I, I see, I've seen firsthand, right? Like I see firsthand what they as a family have needed, kind of what they as a family have, have gone through what we as a family have gone through is they've had children come into the home and leave the home and, um, They've, they've had several different children come in um, and go back and be re- reunited with biological families or, or go on to be adopted by another family. And so uh, I've seen firsthand what that looks like, right, and those needs. Um, and I think, and Lindsay and Erin spoke to this earlier too, our other program, our education program, in providing those education opportunities, um, it meets a need, right? Like it meets healthy parenting or all those different topics, but it also provides an opportunity for families to come together, right? Like it is a, it is a time, um, our conference, 
we all, we often get um, survey responses from conference from workshop that's just hey we're thankful to have had this time to be together with other folks who are kind of in this with us yeah right? and and uh, Aaron Aaron you even said um, that it's a time to refocus and say why are we mm. doing this yeah it's so it's encouraging yeah. right and it also um, you know hopefully connects people to one another in a way that that even when conferences is happening right they're still th- surrounded by this community of folks. You know, we've heard about the great things God is doing um, through Chosen for Life because that's it's it. It's God moving um, through his people mm-hmm, and absolutely. making um, an eternal impact. But what can I do to play a part? Aaron said this earlier, or Aaron pointed to praying, right? Like starting with prayer. And we'd absolutely encourage that. But but definitely taking that the one next step of of reaching out right connect with us we would love to to connect with you we would love to connect you to how to get involved um so taking that first step of hey i have this skill set and i'm just wondering if maybe i could do something right we have all kinds of volunteer opportunities with chosen for life so events that come up you can serve in an event we have ongoing opportunities we would if your church already has an advocate and has care teams, we would love to try to connect you to to a care team to get involved to, to supporting a family. Um, if it doesn't, we would love to connect with you about how you might kind of start that within your own church. And what that would look like. And what that would look like, yeah. So if somebody is listening or a church is listening mm-hmm. and they say, you know what, there is a need mm-hmm. and God has called us to care for orphans. Mm-hmm. So what can I do? There are so many things that you can do. So we would love for you to reach out. We'd love you go to go to our website, chosenforlifeministries.org. You can email us at info at chosenforlifeministries.org. For starting points, for more information that's out there for how you can um, take next steps if you are interested in being a foster parent or interested in being um, or interested in starting the process of adoption. So too. just take that first step. Yeah, take, take the first, that step. first step. That's the biggest thing, right? You you said that about the ele- like eating an elephant, right? Like one bite at a time. But you have to open your mouth, right? Like you that's have right. to start. <laughs> you have to like start the process. And and I think that that's the hardest thing, right? Like kind mm-hmm. of once you start, once you get in motion, once you find out more, right? Like one once you reach out and say, "Hey, I'm interested in getting involved," you've taken that first step towards forward motion. And that's the that's the hardest hurdle. Um, and once you kind of take that step, we can we can help connect you to all kinds of different things and we we would love to do that and that is what chosen for life is all about is Mm -hmm. taking the fear out of it Mm -hmm. taking the unknown of what should i do how do i help where is the need you're, that's why you're here is to do that. Yeah. And, and it's to build a community of yeah. people that, that are doing that together. Right? That's right. That's and, right. Now, before I let you get on out of here, Anna, even though you're a complete baby hog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry again. <laughs> yes. Um, give me the website. Chosenforlifeministries.org. Hey guys, I appreciate y'all coming in and spending some time with us and bring in your baby. Hey, and listen, we've talked about their baby that's one year old, almost one, but you also have two well-behaved kids back here. They're reading books and I am so impressed with y'all. It just motivates us. We need to have like a little stack of um, toys, I think in the corner for, for y'all, if you come back and then my kids and we'll just have a little um, play group. <laughs> and Anna, thanks for bringing your friends in and, um, and for your time and just sharing y'all's heart and well, um, and what God can do if you just say yes. Absolutely. Thanks again for having us.